Thank you so much. Uh, thanks very much for the opportunity to be here. And, and uh, I can't really feel uh, Nick's shoes very well. Uh, he's very dear to me. And this congregation is dear to me as well. I don't know if uh, many of you were around when I was here for Nick's uh, ordination, which was another expression of your love for him. And I see that in churches all over the place, uh, churches expressing their love to their pastors and, and even to guest speakers like me, so thank you. Um, uh, I have the opportunity to do some guest speaking here and there and somewhat everywhere, if you could say. Uh, and uh, one time I was in East Texas uh, and I was preaching at a, a country church in the piney woods of, of Texas. And while I was there, I, I was there for a couple different weeks also. And so I, um, after one of the services, went out to get a bulletin uh, from the uh, pew, because I wanted to have a couple. I often will send one to my mother-in-law and let her know where I've been preaching. And so I, I picked up this, this bulletin and uh, I looked and I saw this uh, really nice sketch. And it was a sketch of me. And uh, I looked at the sketch and it had a fellow with round glasses like me with a bow tie. And, and above it, it had Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I uh, appreciated the, the young man's uh, artistic work, and so the next week I tried to find him and, and, and thank him and was actually looking to see if he would be able to give me a, a, a sitting for a portrait or something like that, but that, that didn't happen. But uh, it, it was fun to be able to see uh, him uh, and his artwork. There's a great artwork in Scripture uh, and a great artwork in scripture that I want to talk with you about today. But I have a question for you as I begin. And, and the question is this, are you a wise guy? Now, I'm not asking if you're a smart Alec. What I'm asking you is, are you wise? Do you consider yourself somebody who is wise? We don't often use the term wise all that often. Uh, sometimes when we refer to somebody who is older, who makes uh, wise decisions or gives good, wise advice, we say, now that's, that's somebody who is wise. Or, or we might think of a common sense type of phrase and say, this is a wise statement. Look before you leap. Otherwise, splat. Are you a wise guy? Now, I'm talking to both men and women here because I'm using guys as an all-inclusive term. Are you a wise guy? But the question for us is, as we begin, is what do we mean by wise? What do we mean by being wise? Is it somebody who is uh, thrifty? who uh, uses his or her money well, somebody who makes sound decisions? Is it uh, somebody who makes good judgments in life? It could be part of it. But uh, really, um, there are a lot of poor decisions that we have made, haven't there? Uh, or vicious words that have come out of our mouths. 
or even uh, decisions that have wrecked relationships. Uh, we've not often done well with being wise because sometimes we don't know how to live wisely. So when we think about this question of what does it mean to be wise, what is wisdom, sometimes what is difficult for us is to put our hands on it, to get a handle as to what this is. It's, it's not all that easy. It's difficult for us to get our brains wrapped around it. Now, in the Old Testament, the word for wisdom is hakma. Can you say that? Hakma. I didn't hear a very good response there. Hakma. Okay. Now, there's a, in the New Testament, the word for wisdom is is much more familiar sounding. It is the word Sophia. Can you say that? Sophia. Do we have any Sophias here this morning? <laughs> wisdom. We know the Old Testament word, the New Testament word, but that really doesn't help us to understand what wisdom is. What is this thing called wisdom? Where do we go to get a handle on understanding this concept of wisdom? Well, we don't have to go all that far except to go to uh, the book that's known for wisdom, and that's uh, Proverbs. And we'll look at Proverbs chapter 1. And here in, in Proverbs, what it does, it, it demonstrates to us the importance of wisdom. And as we go to Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, and as I read this text, I want you to ask yourself this question. What does this text tell us about wisdom? That is, what is it saying about wisdom? What does it mean to be wise? I'm reading from Proverbs chapter 1, beginning with the verse numbered 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Now listen, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. What is this text telling us about what it means to be wise? Because as you look at this text from verse 1 on to verse 7, it leads up, it walks us through statements about what it is that we're looking for to be wise. But what this text shows us is that wisdom begins with this, fear God. Everything else in that passage leads up to the, this sentence in verse 7. Everything there. To be wise is, is that one recognizes that God is God. That's it. it it's, it's the start of it all. Yeah, there are all kinds of wisdom that we find in this world. 
You can think of, of common wise sayings like poor Richard's almanac. Uh, a penny saved is a penny earned. Or other common sense type of sayings that say, don't count your chickens before they're hatched. They're common types of wisdom. But it boils down to this, that there are two different kinds of approaches to wisdom. Common wisdom and biblical wisdom. What distinguishes common wisdom from biblical wisdom is a covenantal foundation. That is, a bond with someone. All the other types of, of common sense wisdom, all the other kinds of wisdom does not have this kind of connection. But there is a covenantal bond here. It, it, it's, it's, it's a bond that, um, it, it's understood in light of, say, a, a marriage bond that there is a covenant with someone else. And that's the difference between common wisdom and biblical wisdom. See, the writer of Proverbs says that the starting place for wisdom is found in a relationship with God. That's it. To recognize who he is, that he is God and that we are his, that's the covenant bond. Recognizing God as God. First things come first. It's, it's like taking a course in school. There's a prerequisite that you have to take in order to take the other courses. This is the prerequisite for life. Recognizing that God is God. The only way that we can recognize that we are wise people is to recognize or fear God. Now... To fear God doesn't mean that we, we quiver and, and shake like the cowardly lion in the Wizard of Oz or that we run away from God. No. What we're talking about here is to fear God is, is an overwhelming sense of, of recognition of who God is, that we are dependent upon him, that we need him in every corner of our lives. Fearing God is the Old Testament equivalent of the New Testament uh, aspect of, of saving faith. The Old Testament recognized fearing God. The fearing God understands who God is and that therefore um, we are dependent on him. That's the sense of saving faith. The foundation is laid here in Proverbs 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And the same principle is emphasized throughout Proverbs. Proverbs 3-7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Proverbs 18-13 states, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 9.10 underscores the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Being wise, being wise is having a right relationship with God. Now, only then when we recognize who God is can we have this life 
full life of wisdom. It's the beginning. It's the start. We all are familiar with the importance of good beginnings. Good beginnings uh, take place when there's a good meal. A good meal begins when the recipe is followed. (laughs) A uh, bike is assembled when we follow the directions. A car is repaired by following the diagnostics. A life of wisdom begins by fearing God, by recognizing that God is God and that there is no one else. Listen to the testimonies of those experienced believers in your midst, mature Christians who who can say their lives came into focus when they came into focus with God that their lives changed because of a relationship that they've established with God. Everything came into perspective then. Some of you know what I mean. It's not until you gave yourself to the Lord that you understood what it means to live life and to recognize that God is God. And in every aspect of your life, that doesn't mean that, that you have perfect perspective now. But what it does mean is that you know what is needed to live a life that is wise, recognizing that God is God. Now, sometimes we think that um, we can put this type of relationship of um, ourselves with God on our own terms. Uh, we, we, We do like to do that. We're prone to wanting to do that. But um, it, it's a tough thing. I remember a song, and this is going to date me, from the 1970s. <laughs> there was a, a, a twangy Christian gospel song called uh, All God's Children. And one of the verses says, if you think you can make it by going to church, you're just fooling yourself. If you think you can make it by doing good works, you're just fooling yourself. But if you think this thing of serving the Lord is just singing in the choir and serving on the board, you better find out what it's all about. You got to be born again. It's the recognition of who God is that gives perspective on how to live life. The fear of the Lord is the start of it all. The recognition of a covenantal relationship with God is first and foremost, fear God. One of the things that you see in this text, particularly in verse seven, is the use of contrast. Uh, The Bible uses contrasts throughout, uh, heaven, hell, righteous, unrighteous, uh, redeemed, condemned. In in this text, in, in verse seven, What you see here taking place is uh, a statement that is um, a contrast. And this contrast is made here in Proverbs 1-7, and that is that we are to flee folly. You see, the passage underscores the opposite of what it means to be wise, to flee folly. The text says what? Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Proverbs chapter 1, later on in verses 20 to 33, it outlines 
a, a, a situation here. It gives a scene of what's taking place in the life of, uh, of those who do not fear God, but live a life of folly. It narrates a fool's rejection of God. The fool is one who is without God. The fool is one who has no relationship with God. The fool is one who does not know God. The fool even denies that there is a God, that his or her starting point is that, no God. But we've seen the scripture in Psalm 14.1, in Psalm 53.1, it says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile and there is no one who does good, not even one. Proverbs 19.3 underscores, a person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. All those who are fools act foolishly, act as if they don't know, don't have a covenantal relationship with God. Again, the writer of Proverbs notes, all in Proverbs 13, 16, all who are prudent act with knowledge, but fools expose their folly. Or even in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11, is this familiar description. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. This theme of, of folly is echoed in the New Testament in Hebrews eleven six, where it says, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You know, and I know, a lot of people who refuse to recognize who God is. They might be friends of yours or even family members of yours. Uh, some of these people in my own family have told me that there isn't a God, that uh, he's a myth, God's a crutch. My own father rejected God all his life. He found his hope in alcohol and uh, it wrecked havoc in our family. I can remember as a, a kid in, in high school, not long after I became a Christian, my father in his drunkenness said to me, you know, Scott, there are two leeches in society. I don't know. Teachers and preachers. I went to college and got a degree in education. And then I went to seminary to become a preacher. I guess I'm a leech squared. Even to the end, my father pushed God away. I make this plea with you. Flee folly. Give yourself to God first and foremost, and he will give you the perspective that you need in your life to live life for him. I guarantee it. Flee folly. Well, the question for us, though, is, as we look at this text, uh, what, what is it getting at? What is the text emphasizing for us as we uh, 
try to see how it makes a difference in our own lives. What, what does this text tell us? It tells us this. Fearing God is the foundation for being a wise guy. Fearing God is the foundation for being a wise guy because when we recognize who God is, when we recognize that God is God and are in a covenantal relationship with him, then we will be on the path toward wisdom. Recognizing that God is God, that we are not God, is the key to knowing God and knowing what it means to live a life that pleases him in this covenantal relationship. See, the, the contrast between a wise person and a fool is similar to the righteous and the wicked. That is, um, the person who recognizes that God is God is a person who's made right, made righteous. But a fool does not want to see God as God. He or she says in her, their heart, there is no God. And so the biblical term for this is, is wickedness. If you take the time to read through Proverbs, one of the things that you're going to notice is that Proverbs was considered to be a, a training ground for uh, youth and those who were headed toward maturity. Um, it's a family matter. In a sense, it's a, a model of discipleship. Beginning early, the, the, the parents instructed their children about being in a right relationship with God. They taught children that this foundational covenantal relationship is the only way to be wise and to live wisely. The same could be seen in the New Testament. If you flip the, your pages to, say, Titus in chapter 2, uh, the, 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 the scriptures talk about uh, older men, older women, younger men, younger women. The only way in which you can have a life that makes any sense is one that has a foundational relationship with God. Foundational relationship will help them to live wisely. This is the case for you and for me, for us in, in the church, is that we are called to live a life that is founded in the Lord, founded in God, fearing God. That, that's what we're called to do and to be. Fearing God is the foundation for being a wise guy. Now, let me talk to um, mothers and fathers. And I'm not just talking to mothers and fathers in a mothers and fathers type of home, but I'm talking to uh, single moms, single dads. I'm talking about um, moms or dads who are in relationships where their spouse isn't a believer. Let me encourage you that you can live a life that pleases the Lord as you, if you give yourself to him, acknowledging God as God. And as you do that, you're going to show your children and even others that fearing God is the foundation for being a wise guy. I want to also speak to the older crowd here, the older men and women. You've made a commitment to Jesus Christ. 
You can live your life in such a way that you can show those who are younger or those who aren't even believers that uh, fearing God is the foundation for being a wise guy. High school uh, and college, young men and women, you're not off the hook either. If you've come to faith in Jesus Christ and you've given yourself to him, then you have an obligation to live a life that honors God. In, In the midst of all the peer pressure and all the challenges that you face, you want to show others through the living of your life that fearing God is the foundation for being a wise guy. There's no other lasting experience in life that has this kind of guarantee, this kind of covenantal guarantee by the God of heaven. That we give ourselves to him and he gives himself to us. And he shows us how to live. You cannot live a life of wisdom without recognizing this. Fearing God is the foundation for being a wise guy. My wife and I uh, live currently in Waco, Texas. And uh, we see endless ads on the television about foundation repair companies. Uh, The way it is there is that Texas homes uh, don't have basements. They have a slab foundation. And the um, slab foundation needs to be built properly from the get-go because the extreme heat and, and uh, temperatures there, do, they, they do a number on, on foundations. Uh, they, can, they can shift and they can uh, crack and, um, and do immense damage to a house. You'll, you'll have cracked walls. Uh, doors that won't close, uh, pipes that burst. When we go back to Texas here in a couple months, I'm going to do an inspection of my foundation to see if there are any cracks or any damages to the house. Today is inspection day for your house, our spiritual house. What kind of foundation do you have for your house? Where have you begun? Where do you place your foundation? That is, where do you rest your thinking, your living, your doing? Is it yourself? Your goals? Is it um, a foundation that's built on money? Is it your career? How about your family? Maybe it's uh, various philosophies or um, trends that you have embraced, whether it's uh, um, political or otherwise. Where's your, where's your foundation? It might even be your education. The question for us is, As we make an assessment of our own lives, of our own foundation, we can determine 
where we are and what we need to do. It might be that we are called to a reassessment, to repair our foundation and give ourselves afresh to the Lord. It might be the, this is the first day that you give yourself to the Lord. I don't know. But my question for you is, will you be a wise guy? Somebody who understands the covenantal relationship with God because fearing God is the foundation for being a wise guy. We can be wise or we can be foolish. My hope is that your foundation is solid, that the beginning point of your life or getting back to it is a relationship with God. Let me encourage you this morning that you can do foundation repair today by getting a perspective as to who you are and where you stand in relationship with God. Only in Christ can you have the kind of life that will enable you to be wise. Be a wise guy. Fearing God is the foundation for being a wise guy. Will you pray with me, please? Our gracious God, help us to get a sense as to what it means to be a wise man, a wise woman, a wise boy, a wise girl. We, we need you so very, very much, and we trust that you would help us to gain perspective, be honest with ourselves as we do assessment. And even today, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, what we're saying is that we have this covenant bond, this relationship with you. May that be the case. Help us, even in these moments as we prepare for the supper, to make right our relationship with you, to fear you, to recognize that you are God, to be wise, guys. In Christ's name, amen.